Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Amy, and I think you have a story to tell us about a, a listener in Wake Forest. Oh, yes. I met a listener this week. Actually, didn't meet. I already knew her, um, but just didn't know she was a listener. Um, so went to get my teeth cleaned and sitting down and uh, the uh, dental assistant who is just wonderful, love her, our family just loves her. Uh, she starts asking me how last week was and then she starts and I was like, oh, it was, it was good. And then she makes reference to the podcast and I, I was totally uh, just not even thinking about the podcast as I was getting prepared to have my teeth clean. Uh, but it was kind of fun. It gave a, a, a common thing. So the conversation is popping up in uh, the most unique places now. Yeah, that's kind of funny. So at least yeah. we have, I know, one listener. No, actually, we had a, we had a great, uh, had a, a number of new listeners last week. I heard from different people, uh, a couple of friends at Lifeway, Mary Margaret Collinsworth, I think that, uh, you know, Mary Margaret. And uh, nice. she's a, she is a self-proclaimed SBC nerd like we are. And um, she told me that she she just found out about it, and there's there's a lot more of us out there than than I ever expected. Yes, we're finding each other. Yes, all through the magic of the internet and podcasting and iTunes. So, so we do want to thank our sponsor again this week, 2028. Today's episode is brought to you by 2028.co, powered by Lifeway, the world's largest provider of Christian resources. Beautiful, easy to create websites. Check. Powerful, easy to use church management software. Check. Secure, easy-to-implement online giving? Check. 2028 is here to be your resource provider where technology and ministry meet. They take care of your website, mobile, and giving needs so you can get back to reaching God's people. Start your free 30-day trial today at 2028.co. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y-2-8 dot C-O. Amy, I wrote a post this week at uh, Dr. Rayner's website about church technologies and ones that uh, people can use and churches, you know, like the six main technologies. And I included church management software on there and was surprised by the number of churches that do not have a church management software and uh, was able to refer a lot of them to 2028. So Very good. I know, I know you've worked at, at churches before, and obviously your husband's been on staff and pastored churches, so uh, it, it just seemed like a normal thing to me, but apparently it's not the, the normal yeah. thing out there for, for churches. So 2028, yeah. great resource for churches. And uh, resources like that are always very helpful too for smaller churches, maybe that need that that don't have someone on hand to build things, and and uh, it's things like twenty twenty eight are great for those situations. Yep. Cover a lot of different bases there with your online giving, your church management software, your website, everything uh, that you need technologically as a church, they can do it for you. All right, let's jump into this big news this week. We talked about uh, this meeting that was coming up a couple weeks ago. Uh, we mentioned that it was going to be happening on the 21st. Donald Trump met with almost a thousand evangelical leaders up in New York City this week. In attendance uh, were a number of Southern Baptist leaders, uh, including Ronnie Floyd, uh, Jack Graham, Ted Trailer, Richard Land, uh, and a host of others. It was interesting on Tuesday, at least in sort of our world, we were coming off of a week where everyone is talking about one thing, and that's uh, SBC 16. So everyone's kind of in that hashtag. And then Tuesday came and, you know, my social media feeds were just full of 
this, you know, and some from people who were there and there were pictures and, and interactions. You have some, some commentary coming out of that. And then a lot of people witnessing from afar and talking about it. So it certainly was, uh, it certainly was the thing on Tuesday. Yeah. And it was, and named to an advisory committee, the evangelical executive advisory board. Uh, 25 members were named to that, to uh, Donald Trump's uh, board there, and includes at least eight Southern Baptists, uh, according to the uh, press release from Baptist Press, including, as we mentioned, Ronnie Floyd, Jack Graham, uh, David Jeremiah, Jerry Falwell Jr., Richard Land, James McDonald, and Jay Strack. Other uh, notable members of this uh, would include uh, Kenneth Copeland and his wife Gloria, uh, Tim Clinton, the American Association of Christian Counselors, President James Dobson, uh, and Jensen Franklin, uh, as well as a, a few others here. I'm just looking through the name. Celia Yates, that's a name that jumped out to me. And uh, Ralph Reed, I know that name, as well as Robert Morris and Johnny Moore. Um, yeah. So uh, 25 evangelicals named to the Trump Advisory Council. And uh, Dr. Floyd, I know we're going to put some links in here because I think Dr. Floyd had an article I know Ted Trailer had an article that he wrote about it. Uh, Richard Land also wrote about it. So we're going to link right. to all three of those, uh, and you can hear from those who were in attendance, and even uh, you know a couple of the guys on this advisory board. Uh, Dr. Floyd specifically stated that it was not an endorsement, right? In his uh, in his thing. So uh, Steve Gaines, new newly elected SBC mm-hmm. president, uh, was also in attendance, but uh, chose not to comment to the Baptist Press uh, for their article. So uh, right. Uh, but Dr. Gaines was not named to the advisory committee, just to, to be clear on that. Right. He was just at the the larger attendance, yes. which was just an event uh, mm-hmm. for people to attend. And uh, and there were more than than uh, just Dr. Floyd that made that that point about it not being an endorsement. I, I saw something um, from uh, James Dobson who who said yeah. that. And a number, I, I saw one thing, and this was on social media, where like eight of the people who were talking at something, they were all asked to raise their hand if they were giving an endorsement and no hands were raised. Oh, so yes. A uh, lot of, I think Todd Starnes tweeted something about that. Yeah. So there were a lot of people that, that were very specific about this. And even in the release, it was released that being on the advisory council was not an endorsement. So that, that was kind of a refrain uh, that we were hearing throughout the day. Um, but one thing in just the conversation that um, was happening throughout all of this, it was just really clear to me is, I mean, we're, we're really just faced with a situation that we haven't, most of us haven't seen in our lives, uh, which is that we are all just trying to figure out uh, what to do in this current situation. And uh, we're, we, we've all got kind of our own thoughts and processes. I have a friend who wrote an article that was just talking about one of the most important things we need to bring to this year's election is uh, scrutiny that all of us have to really consider things. So I think we're seeing that playing out. Yeah, and it did not come without a response. Uh, one of the groups that responded to it, the Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance, uh, mm-hmm. wrote a, uh, released a press release on Thursday in response to uh, some of the Southern Baptist leaders joining this uh, advisory council and uh, a strongly worded response. Uh, I think is is one way to put it from the Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance. Uh, one of the uh, the sections here, and we'll, we'll link to the entire re- release. Uh, you can go and read that. Uh, it is uh, and quote: 
It is not only Mr. Trump's questionable character, the boasting about his fornications and his lack of repentance and the use of outrageous and disrespectful language to refer to the Hispanic community, igniting the hidden racism still embedded in parts of our society. It is the joining as evangelicals with people who profane the evangelio. Uh, so yeah. a very strongly worded statement from the Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance. Uh, we've got a link to that uh, on our uh, website there. Felix Cabrera uh, from the Iglesia Bautista Central in Oklahoma City is uh, uh, the leader of that group, uh, along with Jose Abela, Rodel Hernandez, and Julio Crespo. So uh, those guys are kind of the leaders of the Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance and uh uh, released that statement on Thursday. So we'll uh, have to keep an eye out to see if there is any other releases uh, from some of our, our ethnic Baptist groups. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on that and just uh, see how this story develops. I'm sure this is not the last we will hear uh, from yeah. the Trump Evangelical Advisory Council. Yeah, we've got, uh, one, I think one thing we have to remember in the, the coming days is is we've got five months of this conversation wow. left. Is it still and, five uh, months left? Yeah, I mean, we've got some... I didn't realize it was that long, honestly. Yeah, we've got national conventions left. Now, one thing I'm hoping for is that we can all agree to take a break for the Summer Olympics. (laughs) I really really need for just everyone to say, you know what, there are some great swimming races coming or some great gymnastics competitions, things like that. And we're all just going to stop talking about this. Uh, everybody needs a, a little bit of a break. So I'm still really hopeful that when August comes, we'll do that. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, but I, I still don't think the Summer Olympics are going to go on as planned. But that's just my, my take. I, you may be right about that. That concerns me as well. Because that's my favorite thing um, it, it, in the election year. As much as I love the election, I just enjoy... Um, the Summer Olympics, that's a fun thing for our family. So anyway, you could be right about that. Um, but we've got five months of this left. And so I think we're going to have a lot. Uh, it's going to require a lot of patience and a lot of really working with each other as we discuss this, because we've been very accustomed to all being of sort of one mind in how to approach things. And we, we have a lot to consider. Yeah, a lot of different viewpoints on this. And um, yeah. we've seen many of them this week. All right, moving on over to NAM. A couple of uh, notes coming out of some trustee meetings that they held during the SBC annual meeting. Uh, one is uh, a investigation into the Maryland-Delaware issue that had gone on, uh, been kind of bubbling below the surface. Uh, some groups had tried to uh, bring it to the surface a little bit more. Uh, but uh, there was a, an investigation by the trustees into any wrongdoing uh, that Kevin Ezell had been kind of accused of. They came away with a, um, a thorough examination and review of the entity's relationship with the Baptist uh, Convention of Maryland, Delaware, and regarded it as concluded uh, an investigation of complaints uh, about the convention, not from the convention, um, but uh, from a, a former leader of the convention, and um, basically found nothing uh, of merit in that accusation. That's correct. Um, so that kind of uh, closed the case from the trustee standpoint. Uh, we did have a motion for those that were tracking this about it again, asking for an independent outside review. Uh, but that motion was out of order because uh, the convention cannot uh, exercise authority 
that's uh, it, over an entity. That's actually the, the board's job. That's how our structure is set up. So that was ruled out of order. And uh, so, I, you know, that's the, this is kind of the the answer to this situation. Yeah, the, the official statement read that the trustee officers recommend that the Board of Trustees, by adoption of this recommendation, you know, the, the recommendation that they brought, uh, states that they are satisfied that this matter has been reviewed thoroughly and considers this matter concluded. So Yes. Uh, so we will as well. And uh, move on to something else. There you and, go. and the trustees also celebrated the Send Relief launch. Now, Amy, uh, were you in attendance? Were you able to make it to this damn luncheon on Monday? I was not. I was okay. not. We had a, some stuff with the RSBC class, and I was preparing for that. All right. Well, I was at the uh, the luncheon where they launched everything. Uh, they they talked about it at the board meeting, uh, but also launched it at the the lunch at a Southern Baptist Convention, and just a, a fantastic lunch. And talked about Send Relief and the mobile dental and medical uh, units that they have to the disaster relief trailers that they have. So a lot going on uh, for Sin Relief. It's kind of the, one of the two thrusts that NAM has right now, Sin Relief and Sin Cities. So uh, those two areas, and this was kind of the big, big launch of Sin Relief. So there's a, a great article explaining all of that. We've talked a little bit about uh, what was coming uh, leading up to the Southern Baptist Convention uh, whenever we, you know, those episodes that were leading up to that because they had released that the mobile units were going to be there. So, But Sin Relief was officially launched at the Southern Baptist Convention. Finally, news from the seminaries. Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary announced recently their new Center for Public Theology. They named Owen Strand as the center's director. You know, it was a year ago we had another announcement about yep. Owen Strand that he was, he was headed. To. Yeah, that he was headed to Midwestern. Uh, this summer we are announcing post-SBC that he is the new director of the Center for Public Theology. The focus of that is to equip the church for theological engagement in a fallen order and a secularizing public square. So uh, they they had a, a news release. Out. Now, I had heard about this. I think yeah. I had seen something They'd on— They'd done some videos. Yeah, and had on social media, but they did a news release this week, um, and then they also talked about it at their alumni luncheon last week as well. So it's been kind of trickling out, but this news release kind of helps uh, us to see exactly what this is and, and gives uh, the web address that's already up, lots of commentaries happening. So they're planning lectureship series, podcasts, essays, uh, things like that. So it's going to be a resource to prepare people uh, for engaging the world around us. Yeah, and that, that website is cpt.mbts.edu. We'll have all the links to the story and, and all the information. Congratulations to Dr. Allen and uh, Dr. Strand uh, for the launch of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, light news week this week, Amy. Uh, big yes. news, but a light news week nonetheless. Um, yeah, and that's okay because last week was kind of a big news week. Yeah, so. kind of a big news week, kind of a Very long busy. episode last week. So yes. uh, a quick news week this week. Before we get to uh, this week in SPC history, I want to once again thank our sponsor, 2028.co. For all your technology needs at your church, check out 2028.co. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 28.co. And that's going to bring us to this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. This one was fun for me uh, because when I, I, I just do lots of digging around and I learned so many things. I hit on so many stories that I don't, uh, don't use and, but are just fascinating. Uh, but this one I hit on and thought, 
I'm going to do that one because I was part of this one, although a very small part in a large, large number of people. Uh, But it was 15 years ago this week, June 21st through 24th, 2001, that Billy Graham came to Louisville, Kentucky to do a crusade. And uh, so this was one that... uh, came to the city and really connected with the entire city, but uh, Southern Seminary obviously was very involved with because it was right there in town. And I, I think maybe I've said this before, not having grown up Southern Baptist, really until I was you know, 20, 21 years old, the, the only Southern Baptist I had ever heard of was Billy Graham. So uh, to go to that crusade was, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that you get this opportunity to do. Um, and you sit in that stadium, you hear him. What stadium uh, did they have it at in Louisville? Oh, I, it was it was the U, U of L. So Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Yes, yeah, yeah, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, and it was packed. And we went two nights, uh, sat in a couple of different places. Uh, one night they they had uh, DC Talk did a Whoa. concert. Yes, they did. Oh. Yes, they did. And I can remember them standing because they were attracting younger people from around the city. And I can remember them saying, uh, one of the reasons we're here is because, uh, you know, Reverend Graham loves all of you to the the young people. And then I can remember him coming out because, you know, at at that point he was 82. Um, His his health wasn't that great uh, even then. And he, he, but he came out and he sat uh, on a, a stool, I think. And he, he did, he preached. I mean, he shared the gospel. And I remember watching the people just stream forward. And the thing that's striking to me was at that time, because I hadn't been to a lot of revivals and certainly nothing like that before, that all these people are streaming forward. And and I'm sitting there watching it, thinking, what's happening here? What What is this? Had you never seen an altar call? Not not in that scale? No, definitely not in that scale. And uh, it was just not, not like that, no. And so people are just streaming forward, and I'm thinking, what's really happening here? Is this, you know, does this really, is this going to stick? What What's going on? And... They had such a system of connecting with the churches in that area, and I, and they had been, you know for months done a lot to connect with the churches in the area, and the counselors were trained. And my church had a a, a gentleman that um, was in his sixties, I think, and he came to Christ at that crusade, and he got he he was connected with our church and was plugged in, and he became a faithful member of our church. He would bring his granddaughter. He was one of my favorite people on Sundays when I would greet that would come. And uh, he's the face for me when I think of Billy Graham Crusades, and I uh, because that man came to Christ and became um, a, a contributing, a faithful member of, of our church, and, and he was just wonderful. So uh, that was just a neat, a neat thing, really, to witness, and like I said, to be a part of that history, uh, along with thousands of, of others. Uh, you and I were talking before we started recording. I also remember, because Dr. Moeller was the local main you know, leader for the area, but then all the rest, lots of other people were connected as well. I remember when Billy Graham got to town, he came straight to campus, and we got the word uh, in our office, I was working in Dr. Aiken's office at the time, that that he was there and that Dr. Aiken needed to come and 
meet him. And Dr. Aiken was teaching class, and we had to go uh, scurry around and find him, interrupt his class, tell him class was over, that he needed to go and meet uh, Reverend Graham. And uh, so so he did, and he's got some pictures in his library from from the meeting that day. But I just, I remember us scrambling all over campus to, uh, to track him down and to cut that class short. So uh, it was a fun week. And so uh, it, it all happened this week in SBC history. That's really cool. I've heard uh, other sides of that story, obviously. Uh, Dr. Rayner uh, was the, mm-hmm. the founding yes. dean of the Graham School, uh, named for Correct. Uh, Billy Graham. And uh, he was basically Billy's guy that week on camp, you know, while he was in town. And uh, right. he, he's told me stories about, about that, and he has some pictures from that week. So really, really cool uh, that that was uh, 15 years ago and this week in SBC yep. history. So yeah, very neat. All right, well, that's going to move us on to the resources of the week. And your resource of the week is? My resource is a fairly new book by Jen Wilkin. I've heard really good things about this. Yeah, it's called None Like Him, 10 Ways God is Different from Us and Why That's a Good Thing. I picked this up last week when I was at the Gospel Coalition for Women, uh, Went left St. Louis and went straight to Indianapolis. And uh, so I picked that up and I got to hear her on a panel, um, and, I, and I've heard her before, but just listening to her on the panel, I was really reminded of what uh, what a contribution she is making. And uh, so Women of the Word, obviously huge thing uh, from a couple of years ago, but this new one, None Like Him, uh, is really focusing on the attributes of God um, that that He has alone. And uh, calling us, as she says, calling us to embrace our limits as a means of glorifying God's limitless power. Oh, that's good. Um, and yeah, and and it's celebrating the freedom that comes when we rest in letting God be God. So uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Jen Wilkin, and I'm um, very very excited about reading this book. So I wanted to throw that one out. All right, my resource of the week is "Who Moved My Pulpit" uh, by Tom Rainer. It's a new book by the boss man. Uh, a fantastic book, in my opinion, is one of I think one of his best ones that he's written. Uh, I, I say that about all of them, probably, but I really, really like this one. It's just a really good book on leading change in the church. So uh, we've seen a lot uh, of positive response from this. This has gotten so many positive responses. Pastors from all over. Uh, we got a letter from a seminary vice president yesterday. Uh, I won't say what seminary or which vice president, but. Uh, saying that he, he picked it up at SBC, had a chance to read it, and he said, I, I, "It's and this is the, the words that we keep hearing, I wish I would have had this when I first graduated from seminary and started pastoring. Wow. So that's, that's, the, that's what we keep hearing is that I wish I had this when I started pastoring. So That's uh, great. If you're a pastor who's, who's been in it for a while or one who's just getting into it or, or you know, maybe even a seminary student, uh, grab a copy of Who Moved My Pulpit uh, by Tom Rainer. Yeah, you won't be sorry uh, that you did. So uh, we're hearing great things from people. It's just a chock full of practical advice. There's a lot of free resources at TomRainer.com as well uh, for that. So uh, Who Moved My Pulpit by Tom Rainer and None Like Him uh, from Jen Wilkin. Those are our resources of the week. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of SBC This Week. We've got a couple of cool things coming for you starting in July. Uh, we're going to have a a new little uh, wrinkle at the SBC This Week website. Amy and I have been talking about this th- this week. And uh, we've got a new email, uh, like exclusive email, uh, that will be going out every week, uh, probably on Tuesdays, uh, called the Data Point. 
and uh, it's going to be a uh, basically a number. It's, it's similar to the 538 significant digits email and post that they do every day, but we're going to do it weekly because uh, we do things weekly here at SPC this week. I think because yes. we don't have enough content to do stuff daily. So <laughs> uh, we, we do it weekly. Uh, but so I think every Tuesday you'll get an email with a, uh, a significant data point in SPC life, whether it's relevant to now or sometime in the history of the SPC. Uh, we'll do some uh, statistical research on some different data points uh, and just talking about where the, the convention is headed and where it has been uh, just based on some numerical data. So if you're into, into that kind of stuff, all our, our fellow SBC nerds, you better want to check that out uh, when we launch that here in July. Uh, that's coming at sbcthisweek.com. So uh, that's something definitely to check out. Anything going on with you, Amy, in the next week or so? I know July 4th coming up. Y'all doing anything for that? As we always do, we have a, a public reading of the Declaration of Independence I in our family. I should have known that. We, that, can, that can be your resource of the week next week, the, the Declaration of Independence. Yes, that's the only thing I have scheduled at this point, and I'm sure the children are already excited about it. Do they, do they actually get excited about that, or is it like, oh, come on, Mom, not again? Uh, there's quite a bit of eye-rolling that goes on, but... <laughs> and, and that's just Keith? Yeah, but when they get to college or when they get to high school and study American history, when they get to college and have to write something on the Declaration of Independence, they're going to know what it is. That's a good point. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on SPC This Week. We appreciate you tuning in once again, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.